0: Welcome to Changing Lightbulbs, the podcast that's dedicated to innovation and transformation in all of their forms. I am your host, Greg R. McGovern, and today's guest is Monique. Monique, I will admit, was a very difficult conversation. As a parent myself, I can't imagine losing a child, but she did. And through that experience, I think she became one of the greatest leaders I've ever met. And it is truly an honor to have had the opportunity to hear her story and her journey. I hope you enjoy the episode. Please take a listen. Hello, Monique. How are you today?
1: I'm well, Greg. How are you?
0: So before we begin, I always ask the same thing of all the guests, which is tell me a little bit about a piece of art or drama or music or something that maybe had a a big impact on your life.
1: Um, I wouldn't say a big impact, but I always think about The Color Purple. um, And just because I love that movie so much, it's about, you know, perseverance. And I really, really like um, the backstory about, you know, Oprah's... Uh, quest to want to be in that movie, live it, breathe it, breathe it. When the book came out, um, she's just like, you know, I got to find a way, I got to find a way to be in that movie. Right. So I think the backstory more than ever, anything but the movie, um, but that's kind of one of those inspirational movies. Every time I watch it, I, I learn something different.
0: Very cool. And is that resilience a big part of your I life? I
1: think resilience is a big part of my life, actually. <laughs> uh, just learning how to, how to overcome um, adversity, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Huge, huge part of my life. So that's what we're here to talk about today. So why don't you tell me maybe a little bit about kind of your journey and and why we're here talking today Tell our audience.
1: Um, I think my story is an interesting story, like many stories. Um, um, but this story in particular, I was in um, my late 20s um, and in a relationship where with someone, I had a a small child at the time, and the person I was with also had um, a small child. Um, The mother of that child wasn't in the situation, so I kind of took on that role. Um, And as the relationship um, progressed, um, we learned that this child um, had cancer and and wasn't going to make it. So that particular journey took me uh, down a path that... I never imagined, um, they say never say never and I definitely lived through that and so that to me was facing adversity um, head on and learning things about myself that I never knew um, but discovered during that time.
0: So, so you said you were late 20s, how old were you?
1: Um, I was probably about 26, 27 maybe wow. um, at that time.
0: That's a lot. That's a heavy kind of thing to deal with at that age. Yeah, definitely. So what was it like mm-hmm. when you first found out about the diagnosis? What, what what kind of was going through you at that time?
1: You know what? It was surreal. Um, to me, I know we refer to it as the C word, cancer. Yeah. Cancer in kids is not something in my mind uh, that go hand in hand that you think of. Or I definitely at that time, it was a new thing. Um, to hear of young people with cancer, let alone, you know, a kid that's, um, I think he was four at the time, you know, has cancer and isn't going to make it. Um, So, yeah, it was a a real eye-opening experience for me, for sure.
0: Now, did they tell you right away that he wasn't going to make it, or did they try some therapies? Um,
1: We definitely tried some therapies, um, chemotherapy, of course. Um, um, He was uh, admitted to um, sick kids, which is become one of my favorite charities because of that uh, favorite hospitals um and then you know they said you know they give you the you know we're going to try to do our best but um in the early stages we knew very well what we'd be dealing with i mean it was hard to digest at that time and to even think about you know that this was going to be the outcome but they they kind of gave us you know the sense that it was not going to be um he was going to to pass away.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So now, um, how long was that process?
1: Um, it was probably a year. Wow. It was probably a, a, a year. Uh, two years, actually, by the time everything was said and done.
0: And so what, what got you through that process?
1: Um, what got me through, you know, just everything at that time that I thought was a priority, at that particular moment, once we got that diagnosis, no longer was a priority. Um, I ended up living day to day, um, pretty much just essentially moving in to the hospital and just, um, it's funny, people that you think are friends no longer um, are friends because, I mean, they can't even assist in, in anything that you're doing. They're, they're just not on the same page. And then these kind of, you know, it's hard to explain these just people just step in people that you never expect people that you didn't even have a relationship with before they kind of just move into that space and you kind of just you know get by day by day your life is not the same at all um, for me it was difficult trying to manage work um, having a kid of my own and then just pretty much living at the hospital um, you know I'd go to work sometimes even shower at the hospital <laughs> um, in the doctor's quarters they'd let us in you know yeah, the, yeah. the nurses and doctors are fabulous you know they probably do things that they're not supposed to because they know everyone is kind of just um, managing um, and just kind of getting by day day by day, um, barely eating, barely sleeping um, and spending mo- most days just crying. Wow. I spent more, most of my time just crying and assisting and supporting and and doing
0: whatever. That's crazy. So mm-hmm. I want to touch on two things that you said, mm-hmm. if I can. The first one was this concept that you, you some of the people that you thought, your friends that might be able to support you, just weren't there for you. What was that like?
1: Um, it was very difficult because at that point, you think, I mean, at that stage in my life, you kind of have a sense of, or at least I thought so, these are my friends. Yeah. Um, these are my family members. And you realize that for one reason or another, maybe it's something that they can't comprehend. I mean, you're, you yourself are having a hard time dealing with things, and to them, it's it's just so surreal. You know, they just it's just too much for you to deal with, let alone them, and then you just realize they, it's just too much. They just cannot be there for you emotionally. I mean, through no fault of their own. They're just not able to step up in the capacity that you need people to kind of step up and step in. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing.
0: But then you have the exact opposite with the doctors and the nurses. nurses,
1: Complete strangers. um, Just kind of stepping in.
0: And how do they help you as you get through that process?
1: Um, Counseling. um, Sometimes just a little chat to take your mind away from um, the reality of things. Um, Just talking. I I found just quick conversations just to connect um, were helpful.
0: And then so, unfortunately, uh, your stepson doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. What was that process like?
1: Um, it's interesting because you know the inevitably, inevitable is near, and then once it happens, it's just, you're just thrust into a, a, another phase where you're planning a funeral, You're now thinking about your life. I mean, I was always a planner. I mean, I used to plan things five years, 10 years from now, five years from now, I'm going to be doing this. After that, it was pretty much. For the next year, I'm going to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then it's just utter craziness. I mean, even your relationship, everything is under a microscope. I mean, I think about the funeral. When I got to the funeral, I didn't cry. I just looked. I mean I was just not there to be quite honest I mean people talk about the funeral and I was just not there yeah. and you know people give you advice that is not realistic people say, you know well if it would be cry if you just cry it be helpful by the time you get to the funeral I'm sorry but you're all cried out I mean now when people say that I hear people say that I said you know I know exactly what you mean you're all cried out it's not and, and you know people would say things that they thought were helpful you know like I know you're not feeling it the same way because it's not your child. And you would just think this is a a blow like you've never felt before. You know, that child's mother was not there and you had to step up. You know, family would say things like, why are you doing this? This is really not your responsibility. And it's like, when you're called to a position like that I mean called I mean emotionally it's not you yeah, know yeah. because this child's not you just do it you, when you're put in situations like that you just naturally do that I, mean, I think you know and it's not something you you give any you, you second guess or you think about it you just step in you don't even question it and I think I was no different
0: you're certainly somebody who steps up consistently
1: yeah thank you so Thanks.
0: so throughout that entire journey <coughs> was there any moments of joy
1: um, there was, there were some small moments of joy. Um, and then people always say this, you know, if you weren't, if you didn't know God before, you sure know them, him, you'll know him now. Yeah. And I don't know if there was any of those moments, like those religious moments for me, but there was m- those kind of more spiritual moments where I was like, you know what, I will be fine when you feel like and it's not i don't know if i would call it joy but you you're like you know what when you know you know what i can do this kind of thing and this situation becomes your benchmark and and then when you look back you have those moments where like you know if you're having you know going through a trial in your life and you say it's bad you have those moments of joy but but it's not that bad, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah, there's yeah, those yeah. moments of I wouldn't say maybe joy when you're like, hey, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. all it's all good, all considered. It's not that bad because you have that as your benchmark. So I think that's I look at joy in a kind of a an odd way. But, yeah, those moments of joy when you can kind of just laugh to yourself and say, OK, be, yeah, be yeah. real, it's not that bad.
0: You know, it, it's such a tough situation <laughs> and. and if I can recount one story, I was on that ward uh, with another mm-hmm. friend who, who went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I was coming down the elevator with a boy who had actually, this was going to be his first day mm-hmm. to be allowed outside after uh, a year or so in the hospital completely. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was that looking at that child and he was bouncing off the elevator, looking out the door mm-hmm. and seeing that there was a son and it was shining out. Mm-hmm. And his dad turned to me and said, you know, I'm sorry. He's, he's acting a little rambunctious. He hasn't been outside in 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? This is the most joyous thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Because this boy realizes that it's just sun that mm-hmm. can make his life happy mm-hmm. after what he's been through. So, uh, you, you know. You know
1: what? Back to that joy question. You're right. Joy was when we uh, the Making Wish Foundation sent us to Disney World.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: And that period of time, the few days that we got to go away and do that, that was very joyful. Yeah. So, yeah, your example brought me back to that moment, which I had forgotten about.
0: I think it's almost those simple things that we forget about in life. We get caught up in in our jobs, in our work, in our kids, and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's those simple things. Yeah. So you've been through this huge journey. You've gone Mm -hmm. through all this process. What did you learn from it?
1: Um, I've learned that you know what yes plan your life but also know that life happens and you have to be agile I like I said I no longer have those long five year ten year plans in the back of my mind it would be nice my whole life is not hinged on these five ten year plans and it's like every month every two months every six months I plan and i just live my life like that now and i think it's because of that experience that you know at the drop of a hat um you know you're like in change and you have to be somewhat flexible to just deal with life as it comes um during that whole experience too i know mental health is a big thing and sometimes we see someone talking to themselves and we wonder you know that person's just completely nuts i'll tell you one thing um i talk to myself and when I think back, I said, when did I pick up that habit? And I realized that it was when I was going through that whole um, experience with my stepson and I would just lock myself in the closet and just, talk. I, I don't know where the habit came from, but yeah, I just started yeah. to talk to myself and talk things. And it's, it's a habit that, it, you know, it's a, uh, a thing that I would do that now has become a habit. I, don't, I think I'm fine from a mental health perspective, but we really never know what people are going through and how you know, some of the things that they're doing, how, how did that come to be? Absolutely. You know what I mean? So when I see someone you know, talking to themselves or you know, in my mind they don't seem what we would call it, quote unquote, quite right, something's yeah, off, yeah. I wonder, gee, I wonder what experience they went through and how this came about, how did they get to this point in life? And so, in in that regard, I look at um, things a little bit differently when I look at people, and I make these quick, you know, yeah. humanistic uh, uh, judgment calls. It's, there's a lot. There can be a lot going on that you know you're not going to see uh, just by looking at someone. So yeah, everybody has a story. Totally.
0: But I think that mean that's a huge lesson around empathy. Yeah. Right, you know, being incredibly empathetic and, and, and kind mm. of seeing it from their lens yeah. after having gone through that. So how are you different today?
1: Um, I think I'm a lot happier. Um, I'm a lot more grounded. Um, I think I've become a simpler person. Um, sometimes, you know, you can, it's easy to get caught up in the, the stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, acquiring a lot. And now it's just like I'm a much simpler person, I think. You know, I, um, I I try to... And now, that, you know, my kids, as I'm evolving, you know, try to impart some of that on them. You know what I mean? Um, but I think I'm a lot simpler now because of that experience.
0: And so, so this podcast is all about change and transformation. Mm-hmm. When I say the word transformation, mm-hmm. now that you've been through all this, mm-hmm. what do you think? What, what comes to mind?
1: Um, I think for me, transformation is... Um, the evolution of your spirit, I think. Um, Am I different today than I was yesterday? And there's some things that are a natural transformation. But then there's some things for me, transformation is, what are those things that I'm doing to myself to transform? And I think those are more important. Um, Making those deliberate, taking those deliberate steps to kind of just transform You know evolve um, I think those are more important um, the things that you do for yourself um, to to transform rather than the things that happen to you that kind of you know um, force you to transform so that's what I think about when I think of transformation and opening yourself up to I mean (laughs) my husband is forever saying like why do you put yourself in these situations where you kind of just like you know you don't have to it's almost Sometimes it's good to put yourself in these situations where you're like, "You know what this is going to be a struggle, yeah, but this is going to be so worth it. And I think that to me is tr- true transformation. you know what I mean if yeah, I think I think m- more people should try to do that. I mean it's so uncomfortable I'll, I'll tell you that um, and it has nothing to do with my level of confidence that's for sure. but you know what I mean I think that's part of transformation is forcing yourself to be in these uncomfortable situations and say, you know, I don't know what the outcome's gonna be, but I just know this is something within me that I just gotta do. I'm not gonna, they're not gonna put me six feet under (laughs) without (laughs) me trying to do this to myself. I don't have to, but I'm gonna kind of thing. And that's where real growth comes from, right? I think so. Absolutely. I think so.
0: So I've said this to you before, I think you've probably gone through one of the biggest hero journeys of anybody that I've ever known. Mm. And and, uh, I really appreciate you sharing it with us today. One last question before mm-hmm. you go. Today, there's kids at Sick Kids mm-hmm. Hospital in mm-hmm. Toronto um, and parents mm-hmm. that are going through something similar to you. If you could reach mm-hmm. out to them today, what would you say?
1: While you're in the thick of things, it's hard to think about tomorrow. Um, this is 17 years later, I think for me. It gets better. I lost my stepson, and it gets better over time, and you just take each day by day, and as hard as it seems, people say things happen for a reason, and you know, at the time when I was going through it, I'd like someone to tell me what that reason is, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's so many times, whether you see it in nature, or in other people, or things I'm able to give to other people in terms of giving back, you're like, wow, as crazy as it seems, things happen for a reason. Um, So there is a tomorrow, and it's not today, but you do get through it, it and you definitely survive, that's for sure.
0: Well, listen, thank you so much for being so candid and honest. I know it's a tough situation and tough topic, even after 17 years to talk about, and I really appreciate you sharing with our audience today.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: This concludes our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. For more information on the work that I do around innovation and transformation, please check out my website at www.changinglightbulbs.com. And for more information on our amazing sponsor, Delta oversee, the software company that's dedicated to enabling positive, sustainable change and transformations for organizations, please check out their website at www.deltaoversee.info or give them a shout at 647-513-3582. Don't forget to mention that you heard about us on this podcast. Thanks again, and never forget to continually adapt and transform for tomorrow's reality.